good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? Welcome to a special podcast today. This is being released on the celebration of the independence of the United States. 246 years it's been uh, since that first July 4th. And this is a celebration today. And by means of doing that, we're going to have a hymn history a celebration of a famous hymn that's been sung by American citizens for many, many years now, many uh, generations actually, uh, having pastored for as long as I have. I've known many people, particularly those that are older, who have memories of history classes and perhaps even relatives who fought in the Civil War, that this particular hymn has been uh, uh, very special too. The name of the hymn that we're celebrating today is the Battle Hymn of the Republic. It's a famous hymn that's been sung uh, throughout many generations, and we're going to learn a little bit more about it today. If you've ever heard of a woman named Julia Ward Howe, uh, you heard about the author. She was actually more influential than just writing the hymn of the Battle Hymn of the Republic. She was born in 1819, and she lived until 1910. She was born in New York. And uh, Julia Ward Howe was one of the most celebrated women of her day, although not many people know about her now. Uh, But in fact, every year, if you celebrate Mother's Day, it's due in a large part to the fact that Miss Julia Howe uh, was influential in getting Mother's Day recognized as a special day of remembrance uh, for our mothers. But she had even more accomplishments than just Mother's Day or just the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Uh, she was involved in writing numerous books. She had a prominent role in the abolition of slavery in America. She advocated for women's suffrage so that the women could vote. Uh, she had just scores of all kinds of charitable causes that she was involved in. Yet, probably right now, most people would probably remember her as the author of the lyrics of the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Uh, she wasn't always uh, uh, she wasn't always orthodox in her faith. In fact, uh, as far as I understand, uh, she had uh, uh, walked away from her faith for uh, at least the uh, fundamental Bible-believing truths of the Scripture uh, at a at an early age. She uh, was raised in a a Christian home, but she was raised in an atmosphere uh, or a culture of wealth, um, high church Christian orthodoxy. She was raised in the finest of circles, uh, and she rubbed shoulders with a lot of people, many of which had embraced false teaching that was popular in Europe at the time. She began to read a lot of books by Goethe, uh, and she mingled in fashionable literary circles. She was just one of those uh, kind of high society people. Uh, she uh, ran with a lot of people that actually were universalists, which deny, excuse me, Unitarians that deny the deity of Christ, transcendentalists, people who believed in those philosophies like William Ellery Channing and Ralph Waldo Emerson and Margaret Fuller and any number of those influences soon led her away from her Christian upbringing, which is a powerful uh, reminder of how important it is to uh, to be careful about what you expose your mind to in terms of 
false teaching, especially when you're not grounded in the fundamental truths of the Bible. But in any case, those influences led her away from that Christian upbringing. She married a man named Samuel Gridley Howe. Uh, he was a pioneer in education for the blind, and all this, and he also had Unitarian sympathies himself. <clears throat> Later on, she even became a preacher in a Unitarian pulpit. Uh, but be that as it may, the Battle Hymn of the Republic doesn't really reflect a lot of those Unitarian false teachings. Uh, it actually, uh, matter of fact, uh, you could sing it today and not even be aware that that was her background. But it ends up being an absolutely passionate song about patriotism. Uh, it reminds you of the lessons that a righteous cause will eventually triumph, that good will win over bad. Um, and it has often been sung in order to be a, a pep rally that galvanized our armies, uh, especially when there was a call for a courageous uh, defense of our country. Well, in the fall of 1861, Mrs. Howe was with her husband, and uh, actually they were spending time with her pastor, James Freeman Clark, uh, and their close friend, this tells you who she ran with, the governor of the state of Massachusetts, whose name was John Andrews. They went down to Washington, D.C. Uh, in order to watch a, a grand review of the troops of McClellan's Army of the Potomac that was, of course, the Union Army that was trying to suppress the Southern Rebellion. And there they watched this big review of the troops, uh, and yet right in the middle of doing that, uh, there was a surprise move of the Southern Army, and the review of the Union Army had to be disbanded. And so Ms. Howe was watching the boys march back into Washington, and they were singing a particular tune that we're not familiar with uh, by this name, but it was called John Brown's Body. Uh, and it was a catchy tune, and Dr. Clark, uh, Julia's pastor, commented and said, you know what, that's a good marching tune, Julia. Why don't you write better words for it? Uh, and she replied, well, I've often prayed that I might do that, Pastor. Well, that night, Julia Howe went to bed and slept soundly for a while, but in the early morning, she actually woke up and her mind was filled with thoughts of what she saw the night before, that when she looked out of her hotel window, she saw a hundred circling camps, and that the sound of the trumpet that shall never call retreat. To her, those things were just a reminder of the biblical knowledge that she did possess about Armageddon and the Lord's return. And so slipping out of bed, Julia Howe sat down on paper the words that we sing today that she thought fit the tune well. Well, when she returned to Boston where she lived, Julia showed her poem to the editor of the Atlantic Monthly who paid her five whole dollars, some say four dollars, but five dollars and suggested its appropriate title. And so the popularity of the Battle Hymn of the Republic uh, became uh, known, and it actually became better known when a man named Charles McCabe, he was called the Singing Chaplain. He was a member of the 122nd Ohio Volunteer Infantry. Uh, Chaplain McCabe read the poem in the Atlantic Monthly and memorized it. 
1863, he was captured by the Confederates in Winchester, Virginia, and he was imprisoned uh, in Libby Prison in Richmond. One evening, the prisoners were all sitting around, uh, and they received some very distressing news that the Union troops had lost 40,000 men in a particular battle. But just shortly after that, they were happy to hear that that was, that was actually misinformation. Their forces had instead been victorious. And so Chaplain McCabe having, memorized, McCabe, having memorized the words of Julia, began to sing, Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And the other prisoners joined in the chorus, Glory, glory, hallelujah. Well, when he got released from prison, McCabe went to Washington and there he recounted his prison experience and sang uh, the words of the battle hymn of the Republic to which most had never heard. The audience was moved, and even President Lincoln that was there that day, tears were streaming down his face, and he said, please sing that again. And McCabe was honored to later sing the, the hymn at many memorial services for President Lincoln. Well, Miss Julia Howe received a lot of honors for all of her literary efforts, things that she did on behalf of, of women and on behalf of slavery and, of course, Mother's Day. But she received special honor for this particular hymn that she wrote that people have been singing now for decades and decades. That's what she's known for. Uh, the hymn, uh, the melody, we're not, we weren't that familiar with until it was set to the words that she wrote, the battle hymn of the Republic, uh, a great message and a great encouraging uh, song about the triumph of right over wrong. As we reflect on God's great goodness to our nation, we're thankful to the Lord that righteousness has overruled in many cases. And as darkness descends on our nation, we need to be greatly in prayer for it. Uh, John Quincy Adams once said that the Constitution is a wonderful document, but it was designed specifically for a righteous and moral people that are bound by the constraints of the law of God. And when people forsake God, the Constitution can be also an instrument of, of terrible uh, uh, sin and immorality because that's what the Constitution was designed to do, to regulate a moral culture that's bound by the Scriptures. We need to pray for our nation, perhaps more now than ever before. And uh, we're going to, to trust that the Lord is going to be gracious to us and pour out His grace on our country. God bless you. Walk with Christ. Tell somebody about their need for the Lord this week. Look for that opportunity. God bless. Walk with Christ. Walk with Christ.